Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the China Shop. We are so glad you made it. So glad you're here. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm always doing good. <laughs> I'm just going to get a soundbite and I'm just going <laughs> to click it and, and play yeah. it. I'll ask yeah. that question. I am good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> folks, we are joined back again Insert this Gerger. week. <laughs> Insert Gerger. Uh, back again this week is Eric. Yeah, I'm sorry. That got me too. That was so funny. <laughs> Eric from ES Invests. How are you doing today, Eric? Uh, I'm I'm doing equally good. If there's a, another soundbite you could put there, I think that would be pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> a lot of Futurama fans in the shop today, it sounds like. Hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, I'm, I'm doing awesome. Stoked to be here with you guys. Thank you again for having me back. It's a, it's a pleasure to be in the oh. company. As long as you keep YouTube. paying, we'll keep bringing in. I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm really glad y'all are super cheap. So this works yeah. out great. Oh, shit. Oh, is he paying us? Well, he paid me in compliments last time. Talked about no, how handsome I was. Uh, that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Let's get this uh, show going with a, with a little bit of music. Oh, yeah, we got to do that first. We're just skipping to fools trading information. What? To fools trading information. I'm inclined to agree. To fools trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? Well, Kyle, I think the, the biggest piece of news that uh, touched my eyeballs today has got to be the Bank of England starting their quantitative easing easing back up. Yeah, I was actually sad that you stole that one. I, the, <laughs> or found it first, I should say. <laughs> stole it by posting it this morning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, yeah. you know, checking the news uh, in a timely fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a four-hour head start, that's cheating. Yeah, um, I mean, they stopped... Which is crazy to me because I thought once it starts in 2009, you're never supposed to stop for a decade. Well, that means they should have another 12 years of easing going on then, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> um, this, did, this did send uh, the, the bond yields. Uh, they were steadily, steadily rising, the 30-year government bond yields. And then they, I see they, they, they dropped down a little bit today, an announcement of the Bank of England interventions. Yeah, uh, not... I, it's 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 strange to me the bond yields are going up so so hard so fast over in the UK. But what else can they do? Like it makes me wonder what what's going to happen over here since we don't have the option of any quantitative easing. 
Well, I mean, that was the, the, or everyone's thoughts today is seeing that I think got everybody excited about the potential of a Fed pivot, but I mean, the Fed seemed to pretty well stamp that out pretty fast. Did did you tell the market? <laughs> I, I asked nicely. Uh, it did not listen. <laughs> Eric, what'd you make of all this? Um, can't figure out heads or tails, man, to be honest. It's like, <laughs> I, I'm having such a hard time wrapping my mind around some of the intricacies and interrelations. One of the things I've been watching is just the target rate probabilities for the two no Fed meeting. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a pretty profound change from yesterday to today in terms of the new target rates. So I've been starting mm -hmm. to go down this random rabbit hole based on a likely related, but I don't think it would be necessarily a causal relationship between what we're seeing overseas and how we're reacting to it here. But I, I just, I'm absolutely fascinated by the relationship and dependencies here and Obviously, what's going on in the U.S. is having a profound impact across across the pond, man. And I'm really, really curious what this two no Fed meeting is going to look like for us. So, obviously, kind of just stole that back to the U.S. instead of focusing over the over the pond. But that, that is what I've been, you know, the angle I've been looking at. Well, where were all the people that were uh, that are looking to the U.K. right now? Is like what the U.S. is going to do? Where were they when the U.K. was raising rates by uh, hundred basis points? That's uh, a great question. They fell through the woodwork. <laughs> Only, or, or is it? The, it doesn't fit their narrative. Yeah, I think. Well, I think that's the you know the most important part of doing any sort of social media based forecasting is you just kind of pick the stuff that works, and then the other stuff you just kind of you know ignore and pretend it never happened. Uh, that's that's not worked all that well for me, but I've tried it. <laughs> I, I have to admit. <laughs> yeah, I think what we're seeing over there is. Really important to keep a close eyeball on, especially as we head into the winter. Um, and then you start adding in just the whole host of other issues. Like one of the, you know, interesting related concepts to that is I've been reading a bunch of different articles that literally say the words, you know, Europe has to hope for a warm winter. Mm. And there's nothing like basing, you know, global scale economic functions on hope. I just love that. Right. <laughs> just hope. Hope it's warm. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> Did we also not have Fed members speaking today, uh, basically reiterating their hawkish stance? Um, yeah. I, I, I thought I saw calls still for 75 BIP in November and 50 for uh, end of the year. Bingo. So they're still, yeah, they're still shooting for that 75 BIP. Yep. Yeah. Ka Kazakhs, Kazakhs, I, I'm not sure how you say uh, their name, um, but they're saying, you know, the next hike has to be large. And then Bostich or Bostic, I think it's Bostic. It says, you know, the current baseline is 75 basis points at the Fed and then a 50 basis point in Dece. So it seems, it seems overall they're, they're pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. I thought Bostic was interesting because it said they were talking about because of the lack of progress. I love that they highlighted that. Um, they, you know, they, because of the lack of progress, they need to be more rest or moderately restrictive. So they're, they're still targeting four and a quarter to four and a half range for the federal funds rate by the end of the year. Mm. So we got some, we got some room to move, but looking at again, those probabilities, we're seeing a pretty dramatic shift to a 350 to 375 basis point target rate in Nove, whereas before it was 375 to four. So we're seeing like a pretty profound shift, almost like 15% change um, between those two target rates. So not to get too, too macro, but the, the rate conversation is still very much alive and well and in vogue. Mm-hmm. 
What, what, what else you got going on, Eric, that you're, you're looking at? Uh, penny home sales. So I actually just had a trade earlier. I, I talked about it in a live session on Sunday in XHB, which is Home Builders. Mm-hmm. And I was anticipating actually a... a much worse release today on the pending home sales. But as of what is it, August for August pending home sales were down 2% from July. So I think we kind of expected that. I personally thought it was going to be worse than that, but I essentially just was trading the expansion and volatility into the event. So I came in with long puts on Monday and actually neutralized those yesterday for a tidy profit. But I think the pending home sales, we're seeing lumber moving around. I just think all of the rate conversation ties in really nicely with what we're seeing in the housing market. And I am one of those people that think that the housing market is going to have a pretty profound impact on the direction of the overall market over the next 12 to, to 18 months. So I think pending home sales contracting is, again, it's a little actually better than what I would have expected it to have been, but it's still bad enough that I think it continues the same trend that most of us have been seeing, which is that the housing market is just continuing to struggle. I think it was expected to come in at negative one and a half percent, and then they revised it to negative one percent, and then it came in at negative two percent. So obviously still worse than their expectations, but... I mean, I thought it was going to be even worse still, but I'm guessing they're still trying to unwind, um, you know, some pending projects that were probably in the pipeline for a while. What is what are the interest rates up to now? I thought I saw they're touching like seven percent. Yeah, I saw a thirty-year. I think it was yesterday that I saw them hit seven um, percent. Let me double check right now so that I'm not giving bad numbers. So yeah, I'm seeing everything from high sixes. And obviously, a lot of it will also depend on like your your credit score and whatnot. But um, I'm seeing some cracking seven Oof. for a thirty year fixed. Wow! So Amazing. yeah, there there are some still hanging out like mid fives, but those need like um th- those have way higher upfront costs and stuff like that for the mortgage. So yeah, I mean they're yeah. starting to crack about seven. There's even one. I think, yeah, this one, I remember looking at this one. So there's one from Blue Spot that's eight, 8.25%. Ooh, for a 30 year fixed? For a 30 year fixed. Good Lord. So, how can, I mean, there's no way the real estate prices that we're seeing right now can support interest rates that high, can they? I, man, isn't that like just such a fascinating question? Because I think a lot of us have expected to see. Um, the housing market correct a little bit more, but it is important to remember that there's a lag. So the mm-hmm. markets more often than not are going to be a leading indicator and you know what we're going to see in real estate itself is going to lag a little bit. So I think you know there's a good chance we're just at the very beginning, which is what I've thought honestly for a little while now. But yeah, it looks like the 30-year the fixed yesterday on average cracked 7.08%. Today, <sighs> it's back down to 6.82%. Um, but the the fascinating part is year over year last year it was three point one four and three point one six respectively. So yikes. Yeah, I just don't think that the the housing prices have moved in line yet. No. So do uh, do home or interest rates on mortgages do those track inflation? <laughs> <laughs> They're almost the same now at this point. Yeah. yeah right. that- <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to create a new swap product and make some money. There you go. There you go. I was actually, I was reading a fascinating thing on Reddit. Um, You know, the the true think tank of the internet. 
Yep. And there were people that were like hemming and hawing to get my, my Midwesterner analogy out. Um, they were freaking out essentially that, you know, I bonds, which for those of you that don't know, I bonds essentially are supposed to track inflation. They have a 0% fixed rate. And then there's an adjustable rate aspect to it that's tied to inflation. And that just cracked 9%. I think it's 9.62% right now leading into October. Um, but people in Reddit were talking about, oh my God, 9%, 9.6%. I'm going to put all my money in there. And, you know, as per usual, nobody actually like really looks at the product to understand what they are. But I still think that it's fascinating that I bonds hit that high, but it, it's, you know, it stays that way for six months and then it'll change based on inflation. Right. So not all that glitters is gold in this scenario, but nonetheless, that still is a pretty high metric for that to hit. So real quick, do, do people use I bonds as, as like an inflation hedge? Like, do you have like the people that had them before they hit 9%? Like, I'm, I don't, I don't actually understand that product myself. Yeah. So the way I bonds work is you have to purchase them directly through the treasury. So you can't like get them through a broker just from like a functional standpoint, you know, for those that are interested. And the way that they work is they essentially have a six month trigger where they change, they adjust the rates based on whatever inflation is essentially. Okay. So they're designed to be an inflation hedge. Okay. It's not, there's a tracking error as with most products like that. Um, but that's the overall thought. So the important part to note is that a lot of those bonds, I bonds, all different like classifications of similar style bonds, they will have a fixed aspect and then an adjustable aspect. Okay. Um, some of them will have a higher fixed, but then obviously typically a lower overall rate of return compared to something like I-bonds right now. But as inflation changes, that'll change. Am I am I understanding correctly then the best case scenario with an I-bond is your money is worth the, the same? Like it would just keep up with inflation, right? Realistically, that that's exactly it. So you could never get rich off of these. That's impossible. Uh, it's theoretically impossible. Well, and especially if you, <laughs> if you add the fact that you can only buy 10,000 of them, like electronic I-bonds per year, it'd be okay. real hard to get rich off of that. <laughs> YOLO and I-bonds, let's do it. Now that is what we need to see on Reddit. If I see that on Wall Street bets, that's how I know we are in a new world. <laughs> if I see the words YOLO into I-bonds, I I don't know. Uh, I would have, yeah. I would just really absorb that moment. Kyle, I want well, that to be the new motto of the China shop. Yellow and I bonds. <laughs> really uh, out there living. That's fun. It's a sad state though, where that might actually be one of the best investments. Where the best <laughs> you can the do is you not do. lose money. <laughs> oh wow. I have a, like right now I'm having a slow year. I think right now I'm up. I did a, I think I did a post yesterday. I'm up 7.9% for the year. So it's a very slow inside year for me. And, but I think understanding the way that we deploy and the long-term effects of that is really where the beauty comes in because a lot of people, I hear them talking about, Oh, you know, well, I'm down less than the market. I'm down less than the market. I'm thinking like, 
where's the trophy there? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I just, I have a hard time understanding that perspective other than just trying to console our egos because it is still possible to at least outperform the market. But to your point, Dan, like it is real difficult to outpace inflation when it's moving like it is. Yeah. Doable, but tough. Well, I got one more story. Do you guys have any other stories going on that you need to need to get out? Nope, sir. We've not done much SPAC news here in the China shop for a while. No. Uh, but I did come across one today. Uh, DWAC actually came out uh, Monday. The blank check company that was is all set to take the Trump Media Technology Group public. Uh, two 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 developments with them. They had uh, one hundred thirty eight and a half million dollars of its private financing back out. Hmm. Uh, they don't they don't want to be part of the deal anymore. That's never a good sign. Never a good sign. Uh, and on top of that, they changed their mailing address to a Miami UPS store. Hmm. Wait a minute. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Huh. I'm pulling it up right now because I'm on their webpage. Well, that's nice. You can get your passports done there, too. <laughs> yeah, no word if any of the uh, the Digital World Acquisition Corp officers are indeed getting their passports, but it does seem pretty convenient. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I I don't think things are looking up for this company. They, you know, there's a chance they don't they don't even acquire Truth Social. Truth Social. That's such a stupid name. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> It might sound stupid, but I I think you always have to give Donald Trump a little bit of credit for being a seller. The man can sell some shit. Yeah. I just consider it an oxymoron. I don't go to social media for truth. People telling the truth on social media. No, I've got a million Instagram filters that beg to differ. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Cats, maybe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) How much much we love dogs, cats. Yeah. Have either of you guys been on Truth? No, I've not checked no. it out. No, no. I, I haven't either. I don't even know what it looks like. Uh, yeah, I have. I have no clue. There's. I. I. Uh, I came across one that was like the the leftist side called Tribal. I was like, oh, that's helping. Uh, yeah, let's all, let's all get Tribal with our thinking here. Stop it. Is that is that a real thing? Uh, that's a real thing. Yeah, Tribal. That's a that's also a social app. They're just like the proliferation of the niche social app yeah. is, is really sad. Uh, I, I'm trying to get less social apps in my life personally. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that in a little less division among everything would be okay. Wait, are you saying <laughs> the echo chamber isn't healthy? Yeah. Separating everybody off and their own little clicks and letting them just talk amongst themselves is probably not a good way to, to germinate new ideas. I, I thought separate but equal worked really successfully. Uh, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> I'm saying that sarcastically, listeners. I I, I, I was don't. too. <laughs> oh, look! I just got a cancellation notice. It didn't take long. <laughs> um, but but yeah, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't matter what company DWAC was trying to take uh, public when you've got your private investors backing out. Uh, when the CEO Patrick Orlando has contributed uh, 2.8 million from his his company Arc Global Investments uh to to push back the deadline because DWAC failed to garner enough shareholder support to extend the deal deadline. Hmm. So I maybe there's some buyer's remorse from the investors but uh but not from the CEO. I don't know. Uh it does not look good. DWAC shares are trading around $17 a share. After hours on Monday, uh they peaked at $97 earlier this year. Yeah. It's down 34.96% year to date. 
Where is it at right now? So it's at 1674, and it looks like it started the year at 51 and then peaked out at 97. Uh, it doesn't look like it's stopping. Yeah. Oh, man. This is awesome. It's always nice to see something that might go to zero. It's so infrequent. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, as a spec, what should, I mean, typically what happens with those, if they don't close the deal, then everybody just gets their $10 a share back, right? I know. I'm hoping for zero, though. I'm hoping everything gets locked up in some sort of crazy federal charge because it's Trump. Some crazy wild thing's going to happen. I'm hoping for zero. Uh, Well, there are a lot of legal (laughs) obstacles facing the company. Sorry, there's also a big old hurricane right in the middle of their headquarters. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. It's a good thing they're subletting from UPS. (laughs) Well, is it it too late to short them? No, it's never too late. It's not zero. It's not zero yet, right? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, on that note, but up, but up, but up, uh, ha cha cha. No, uh, we, <laughs> uh, we want to thank you again for coming by, Eric, talking about the news, helping to update us on uh, what's going on in the market. It's always great having you here. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. And where, where, uh, where can people find you? Uh, at home, because that's where at, I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> at, the, at the UPS store. Right. Uh, I'm getting a passport in uh, Florida at this point. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, no, at, at ES Invests on YouTube and Twitter. Awesome. awesome. Are you doing a, another space call this week? Yeah, I think we should. Um, I hadn't really thought too much about it because I might actually be driving out to Arizona to go see my brother. But if I don't, then yes. Well, you can go oh, see shit. Dan, too. Yeah, I'm down in Tucson. Oh, I'm going to be going to uh, Flagstaff. Oh, well, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, oh, well, that's way, way too north. Sorry. I'm not going to drive 10 hours to say hi. I'm just saying I was going to wear some jorts if that changes your mind. <laughs> Strangely, it does. <laughs> oh, that's, that's on the menu. Sign me up. Uh, folks, we're so glad uh, you came and came by the shop today. Thanks for sticking around to the end. But we do got to close things up. But we will be back at you soon. Until then. Happy trade. Bye. Oh, yeah. Like, share, subscribe, all that, all that business. All that jazz. All that jazz. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.